from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. Saturdays, when we dance in the dark in the room where it all gets real. How long you know how we feel? Saturdays, when the moonlight beat up the face and the love spark. It's a week of Friday, March 16th, 2018. It's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Happy birthday, sunshine. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> I know. Like, do I exist? exist? Uh, on the sideline from Loverland, Virginia, recovering, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, our newest podcaster, author, speaker, and all-around great person, Annie F. Downs. Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks. AFD. My, my, my birthday was, when this comes out, was yesterday. Yes. But we're recording it, actually, on my birthday. On your March birthday. 15th. Which is awesome. Beware, beware the eyes of March. What are the birthday plans? Give it evening? all to yeah, us. Yeah. I, I think we're going, I think there's a party at Topgolf tonight. And then... Um, I love Topgolf, by the way. I, I've never been. Do you so know this, if there's a party at Top Golf, or do you think? I'm, I think. I think there is too. There you go. Wink. Hey, <laughs> uh, we have a great show for you today. Coming up later, we have actor Jim Caviezel joining us. Ooh. He has a, a new movie out. Paul, Apostle of Christ, is coming out next week. So Does he's he play on the Paul? show. Is he, he Paul and Jesus? No, he's actually. So this the the plot of this movie is pretty interesting. It it, it doesn't like. So I thought it was like a Paul biopic. Yeah. yeah, they should have renamed this movie. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, I the email, my emails to the studio and my personal pleads to Jim, which right. will not be included in Jimmy. the email, uh, were ineffective. <laughs> yeah. Change the name of this movie. Because it's not really a biopic. It really focuses on a very short period in his life when he met Luke. And so it's really about their oh. friendship and how, um, you know, they kind of challenge each other. When have you they seen were, Dumb and Dumber? Um, it's kind of like that. It's oh, not like oh a my gosh. Just kind of. <laughs> I would have liked. I would, so. so <laughs> So, that's that's that, so I'll say uh, Jim Caviezel plays Luke. Yeah, I would have really liked it if it was sort of a nutty professor sort of thing where Jim Caviezel plays all the parts. All the parts. Yes, well, yes, he is. This hoping. is interesting. He's he's reprising his role as Jesus mm-hmm. in the in the upcoming sequel to The Passion oh that they're my. working on. Oh so my. he's just jumping all around. I hope nothing's wrong with Oprah. It's funny because Oprah lost I didn't all that know weight. the personality of Jim Caviezel. Every time I talk to him, he seems very earnest, and it, it you know like he seems like a very passionate guy. And in the interview, but, you hear ooh, that, but he threw passionate. me a curveball. This is a little a teaser because. The first question when I because you, you know what I mean whenever you see Jim Caviezel he's pure passion that, no, yeah. no pun intended no pun intended there but there's a reason the man plays Jesus he's right. all business and right. and 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 he gets emotional and passionate in this interview that you're going to hear but he threw me off because my first question uh, when I started talking to him was about how was this you know how's it different preparing for like Luke than than Jesus and he just dryly says and you'll hear it uh, that for preparing for the passion he spent a lot of time in his backyard trying to walk on water on his pool and no. that I was not expected that was not expected <laughs> for wow. heresy, for heresy yeah, right. to be Jim Caviezel's first answer. Good for him. Right. Good, for him. Good joke. Good joke, Jimmy. You got jokes, Jim. You got jokes. I could tell he said that that joke in probably a thousand interviews. The way he delivered it, because right. like he said it, and my end of the line was silent because I it was just so unexpected, <laughs> yeah. and that was unexpected to him. Like that gets every damned. journalist. Why isn't this guy laughing? 
Well, because you know, you know, when he was doing the passion stuff, every journalist said, "How do you prepare to play Jesus?" Yes. And yeah. so he came up with this canned. Right. I think he hired a team of like comic writers and like yeah. they all submitted it. And then you that's, think that's what, what a team He's came like, up I'm going to take a walk on water. Walk on water. Yeah. Well, Jimmy's team isn't an A list team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're no, not no. talking about Jimmy Fallon's team. We're talking about no. Jimmy Caviezel's team. Yeah. That is not an A-list joke. I do like it when you hear interviews with famous people and they're talking about other famous people and they refer to their famous people. It's like Jimmy or whatever. Jimmy. Yeah. Like, I always feel like that's such a like, oh, I get it, Bob De Niro. Cool. Well, so it's like <laughs> yeah. whenever you get an email from N.T. Wright, he always signs it Tom. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I emailed him uh, that's, one time. That's the only. That's the only experience I have. Yeah. Where like, well, of somebody quote unquote famous. Like, well, oh yeah, Tom. You know, that was my favorite thing that they did. Is all his series. They did the like the for everyone series by N.T. Wright. Yeah. Then they did like a rebranding of it for like millennials. And yeah. so then it was Tom the Wright. same exact content, but by Tom Wright. Yeah. With, really? Like young people on the cover having coffee. You know, like, just just <laughs> having conversations. I could be double Tommy, selling Tommy all Wright. my books. <laughs> I just <laughs> changed my first name. It's it's like the the publisher uh, Thomas Nelson. Literally, their kids' line is called Tommy Nelson. Like they, even they <laughs> leaned into that. Yeah. The thing about the, what, what the thing about uh, Jim Caviezel, he prefers JC. He prefers JC. That's what I said when he said the walking on water. I was like, "Hey, good one, JC." And the publicist got on and they said, "This is over. That is very shameful, Jessica. It's a very, very short interview. It lasts about forty-five seconds. Enjoy. It's coming up later. Also coming up, our we we just launched a new podcast, the Love and Money Podcast. Yes, and the Love and Money crew comes on the show today. It's Rafa and. Deb. Um, Deb is written for relevant. Deb Falletta, yeah, yeah. I like her and, article, and, and they I have like a spe- So a each episode, they have a guest in this week, uh, in this in this uh, uh, segment we're playing. It's our old friend John Acuff. Mr. John Acuff. Oh, Jake Acuff. Yeah, yeah. It, they'll come on and uh, answer your questions, your love and money questions, which I know Chandler has a lot of them. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I'm really glad to be able to listen to it. You know? Oh, wow. Nice, <laughs> wow. nice pickup, Chandler. I, uh, had a, I had a dream last night, and it was an actual dream, and the dream was just a flash of me uh, pl- pushing play on my podcast player, and I was listening to a to Chandler's podcast. Wait, 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 wait. So you're dream you dream about listening to podcasts? Apparently, because today was like <laughs> you know New Activist Launch Day, so I'm like yeah. in my head about yeah. it. So, but last night's dream was sort of a work dream, except in this dream, I'm listening to Chandler's podcast. He was so delightful and charming and he was just <laughs> chit-chatting about topics of the day and there was some other guy on the show and I don't know who it was, but I was like, this, this could be a good show. JC. And then, and then you JC. come back in and he's like, I enjoyed that podcast. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. We, we, can't, we I'm going to edit that out. We haven't even discussed that your cast is gone. Our cast <gasps> is gone. Yes. Now, let me tell you about this. Did, did, did it smell really bad? It, uh, it was not like embarrassing, but it was not great. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Great. But yeah. yeah, so they cut it off and they said that I had to wear a splint. Was it like a pickle smell? Oh. Um, no. It was more like, like, like deviled eggs. A little bit deviled eggs, but deviled yeah. eggs like after Easter lunch. And, and oh. they have a lot of that red uh, powder on top. Paprika. That that paprika lot. helps a lot. Though. Oh, does it? Yeah. I love paprika on a deviled egg. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got that off and I'm Disgusting. supposed to be wearing a splint right now, but I don't have to wear the splint if I'm doing things that are not physical. So, so you <laughs> I, I don't have, have to wear a splint. splint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm driving and podcasting today. But before we get too far on the show, I uh, because it's your birthday, I brought you a birthday gift. Did you really? That I, Ooh, I did. And it's got a whole a bag and a, everything I brought. It's a it whole is. Birth- it's a bag. It's a real, tissue paper. A real so bag before you open that, I just want to say like I respect and love you a lot. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. Good luck. 
<laughs> I got a hundred days to brave by Annie Devotions for unlocking your most courageous self. Big news. It's 30% off a of target. I just bought it at the Castleberry target oh and gosh. I believe it was inscribed. Oh, all right. Let me open it to the inscription. Oh my God. For you <laughs> to Cameron from Eddie. Cause there's a to and from, from line, line you're, on there. You're supposed it's to give it to your friend. It's a gift book. You guys, right. it's a gift the ones book. who aren't brave, the ones who aren't brave. Uh, your entire life is a house of cards. May God cut you down this year. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Big cat. I love you, man. I got that for you. The so. gallows humor. The gallows humor. Good yeah. lord. That's oh, a little thanks, savage man. for a B-Day. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, that's from I me wish and pastors would actually sign, sign messages like that to people. You know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy that. Annie. And you a, can't give it away. No, no, no. In a hundred <laughs> days, I would never. In a hundred days, what can I expect? Cameron, in a hundred days, if you read a hundred days to brave every day, you will be braver. And you'll probably eat more vegetables because I talk about eating vegetables in there. Do you eat a lot of vegetables? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the key to bravery? What are your favorite vegetables? Yeah. Uh, Great question, Chandler. See, now that's a podcast. <laughs> That is that's a podcast. Right there. That guy hosts the podcast industry. Chandler, Chandler, Chandler doesn't pipe in often, but oh, really? Oh. Vegetables? You got a fave? <laughs> you, <laughs> you cannot have just said cauliflower is your favorite vegetable. Hundred percent, I said cauliflower is my favorite. Why? Vegetable. Cauliflower is the do you like it like most messed up vegetable? Or do you like it like in mashed potato form? Any any form. I'll take it. No. I'll, what? Eddie, I am shocked. Such a visceral response. Well, there's no flavor to cauliflower. It's like saying water is your favorite drink. (laughs) There's a very clear reason why this is so shocking. That's like someone who says, I like buying like the mixed fruit bowl at the grocery store and the green melon filler. Yes. No, y'all are. No, y'all are wrong. Cauliflower. You can have it in a hundred different ways when you grill it or saute it or roast it. There's tons of flavor to it. Y'all, y'all just don't know. That's the problem. You I mean, know. you could say that about a lot of vegetables, green yeah. beans, broccoli, all the ways you just described preparing yeah. it, they would all taste more than cauliflower. More yeah. than a Brussels, a Brussels sprout? Brussels sprouts are delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brussels sprouts are great, but I, right. I expire on Brussels sprouts. There's a time when I have to cut them off of my life. You know what? And I'm gonna cauliflower, I never run out. I'm going to return that to Target. I don't want you spending the next hundred days. Uh, wouldn't it be <laughs> funny if I of hundred days, it's going to lead me to veggie. cauliflower love. So, so you're saying, so Annie, what you're saying is days 30 through around 57 are just ways to cook cauliflower. <laughs> That's exactly right. The whole middle section of the book is just different recipes for cauliflower. Like, Wait, like so actual cauliflower, like you use cauliflower as the, the first third. She's advocating for cauliflower. She talks yep. you into it by around day 30. Okay, fine. I'll try it. Then she's going to take you about two months of different <laughs> procedures, yeah. different ways to prepare yeah. it. And then the yeah. last, she's just writing it out. Wasn't that great? Just yeah. <laughs> wasn't that delicious? Hey, remember when we had it sauteed? That was days. <laughs> hey, you know, that really is a funny idea, though. If I returned that book to Target and then somebody's like buying that for a friend and they open it and they're like, what in God's green earth? What has happened to this book? (laughs) Hey, before we move the show along, before, in case you missed it, there's one bit of uh, update I want to give one of our amazing listeners. When Annie joined the show, she instructed us very strongly. I must be known only as Annie F. Downs. (laughs) Why? Uh, Because Annie Downs is a famous quilter from Australia. 
Right. Very famous. And so, you know, there's this, uh, you know, uh, social media feud between them. Not really, but like they fight <laughs> over the name. They fight over the brand. Privately. Can I just say real quick, I yeah. like how you, like the way you position this, mm-hmm. that it's like for Australians, it's like Steve Irwin, yeah. the the Hemsworth brothers, and yeah. This other Annie, Annie Downs, like yeah, that's yeah. how famous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's a very famous quilter, and and then you know in uh, subsequent Hogan. weeks we you know uh, we we <laughs> Skype we Skype with the cast and we could see into <laughs> Annie's living room that she had very large AFD on her mantle. Uh, right. Her brand, her name, is very important to her. And uh, and recently, I'm and just then, letting and you paint this. So combining that with the fact that we've moved into our new studios in downtown Orlando, and yeah. we're building them out. And by the way, a little side note: somebody nominated us, and we were named one of the coolest offices in the city this year. Our new studio, the mm, pictures, really and everything. Cool. There's an award ceremony. Oh my! It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. You gonna go to that award ceremony? Yeah, yeah you gotta go. Yeah. Mm. So we're going anyway. But we have this really yes. cool new office. And so listeners pop in all the time for the tours. Time. Literally several we a day. We just met a friend. We just met, just met one. Alistair. Yeah. A ginger. Several times a day. He's a ginger. Yeah. Several wow. times a day. Annie? Well, wow. last week we had a tour, a visitor, a podcast listener from Australia joined us. Right. Uh, Brian. Oh, and he came through okay. and brought a gift for Miss Annie F. Downs. A framed, quilted AFD from Annie Downs. Like the Australian Australian Annie Downs. Yes. That is an A of D. No Framed, quilted. There you go. And so uh, Brian Brian brought it it, uh, to Annie and we are going to send it up to him. It's Brian Garcia. He's a listener in Australia. Wow. How did he get a hold of the real Annie Downs? I mean, all the Australians know each other. So it's her fabric. I think you can buy her fabric. Oh, I see. He may have sewn it. I don't know who sewed. It is sewn. So maybe Brian did it. So so you're saying like she's like Martha Stewart level. Like you just buy her branded products. It is a quilted AFD framed beautifully. And uh, we will send it off to Annie to, uh, I guess she's probably going to put it on her dashboard or something. Well, listen, no, we need to discuss. (laughs) I actually don't think it comes to me. I think it stays to you as it to honor me at that desk every I week. I think that's a good idea. Will you put up our initials in your office then? With pleasure. <laughs> if you will send them over, I will hang all of your initials up What do we have to send office. them? CES. Just go down to Home Depot and buy yeah. some letters. It's I happening lo- today. I will uh, write all four of your initials <laughs> in my office. And I have long initials though. So you're going to have to what? figure that out. Because I'm the third. Mean? So you got you to attack Roman number you're three. third? Yeah, EVK3. Do you have a good relationship with one and two? One is dead okay. and no, on you know, oh, not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if, it's, so you're you're, the, you're if the we're first. on the Chandler podcast here, I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> no, because that's the kind of information that Chandler wants open, to know. You know. Yeah, yeah. Chandler, yeah. what's your middle name? Uh, Stephen, uh, named after my father, Aloysius. And what's, Jesse, what's your middle initial or name? I will give you a hint. I was preemptively named for the world's greatest magician. My middle name is Blaine. <laughs> no, explain that trick. <laughs> Jesse, there's Explain no that way that's true. true. That's not true. What's your Is middle name? Real? I swear no, to you. Ca- yeah. Cameron Jesse has bought Blaine. plane tickets for me and needed my yeah. middle name. I, I know it. Is it You're not, is it not Blaine? Your middle name is Blaine? <laughs> so here's the thing. That is your whole life. It was like if your parents had named you Jeeves. Like, of you course no you're going to grow up to be a waiter. Jesse's, Jesse's whole life is one off. So his middle name should have been his first name. Yep. His birthday is April 2nd. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, it's just everything about Jesse's <laughs> just, just slightly one, just slide it over I'm, one I'm slot. Just a little weird. Just a little off. Like people, <laughs> little when off. they meet me, they're like, nice guy. 
Off. One off. One off. So anyway, I wanted to say thank you to Brian. I uh, got this beautiful AFD now for the studio. That's awesome. And uh, I, over the years, our listeners have been amazing and sent us, you know, presents and stuff. We and, got Ketchup um, Blades one time. That are, was incredible. We are. That's true. We are finishing the build ketchup out of this blades. studio. Yes. And uh, there will be a special wall of honor for all of these uh, gifts. So Yes, that uh, needs to and, stay down there with y'all. All right. Oh, we're well, moving so long. It's time birthday. for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. Uh, in case you missed it, I was at South by Southwest this week. Cool. Actually. I forgot to mention that. Jesse and I, Jesse and I uh, go every year to music festivals and South by Southwest. Jesse couldn't go this year. He had to uh, stay home. So I went some of the other crew uh, from Relevant. And it was, it was good. It was, it was uh it was amazing. It was the first time I really spent more time in the interactive and film part of it than the music part of it. Oh, neat. Yeah. Like I'd always How been come? there only for the music part. Yeah. And then uh, we went a little bit earlier, a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to see, oh, I saw the uh, uh, debut screening of a new show coming out uh, by Jordan Peele. Um, it's starring Tracy Morgan. It's called The Last OG. Oh, yeah. It's coming on TBS. And, uh, and it's it's... It, the premise is that Tracy was like a hustler in Brooklyn and got got arrested, goes away for 15 years, and he moves and he comes back to the old neighborhood. Uh-huh. It's all gentrified and hipsters yeah, and junk like that. Hilarious premise. Yeah. He kills it. Um, Cedric the Entertainer's in it. And... Um, and uh, Tiffany Haddish. Oof. It's her oh, Those are right really now. three people that you're just like, go do whatever. You go do whatever. Yeah, and right? here's the thing. It was shot like... Like a movie, like cinematically, yeah. almost like The Wire. Yeah. But it's like a no laugh track comedy. You know, it's like, <sighs> and so they screened <laughs> it. Great. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm it's looking It's amazing. To that. We saw the first two episodes uh, there. And then Tracy and Tiffany and the director and all that were there oh, wow. and did a QA. Yeah. And it was really great. That was like the What's highlight. What's it going to be on, Cameron? What's channel? Or- TB, uh, TBS at 10 30. TBS? Um, late night. Yeah. So that's 22 on your dial, your Nashville dial. <laughs> You okay. got to get up and turn the <laughs> dial to 22. <laughs> Sit down. The old up. country bunkin' jokes, eh? Yeah. I like it. Oh, yeah, TBS at 1030. That's going to be fun. Pour and yourself a Kool-Aid. At 1035, right? <laughs> how TBS works. And I saw some uh, cool Sorry. bands that we like. You know, um, saw Miguel and Shanae Aiko. I sasaw uh, Porches. I saw Y Oak. I nice. saw... Um, Rupt Cashmere. Bully. Um I didn't see Brock to Cashmere. Corn. But Prop, Prop performed. <laughs> Prop was there. Derek Miners, several Christian artists that were there. That's it awesome. was really cool. It was a good week. Yeah. Anyway, well, in case you missed it, uh, this week, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's production company announced they're going to start using inclusion writers. Inclusion writers jumped to the forefront of the cultural conversation with Francis McDormand's yeah. comment promoting them at uh, the Oscars earlier this month. And now Ben Affleck and Matt Damon um, have announced that their joint production company, Pearl Street, has announced it'll be using them in every future production. So an inclusion writer's a contract clause where an actor can stipulate that they won't work on a project if the project doesn't meet certain standards of representation, both in front of and behind the camera. Uh, diversity, gender equality. Um, I mean, uh, Frances McDormand really sh- shook up the whole thing with two words at the end of a speech, didn't yeah. she? Because now everybody well, knows and, about it. And Michael B. Jordan's uh, production company, uh, Outlier Society Productions, are also going to be uh, doing inclusion writers on awesome. board. So good, good for uh, Killmonger there. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, this is how you make change. I mean, it's yeah. like one person can advocate for something that actually yeah. then gets adopted right. and can actually change an industry. I loved it. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. 
One person can make a difference, folks. Hey, in case you missed it, Dennis Quaid wrote and recorded his own Christian song for the I Can Only Imagine movie. Oh, boy. Okay. How, uh, okay, before we... Are we going to hear it? Yeah, we can We can play a clip. I, 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 hey, okay, so here's the thing. I heard the song and I was... When I, when I like came across this item, I was like... Had the same reaction, probably Eddie. You're having like, uh, how do I, it, I'm it's not it bad. It's it, he goes, he goes kind of country with it, like he doesn't, he, so he, right up, right up Annie's alley, right there in the Nashville yeah. sound. All yeah. right, the actor plays <laughs> the father of Mercy Me from in Bart Millard in the film about the origins of the band's hit worship song. Uh, Dennis Quaid explained that though he and his brother Randy Quaid were baptized when they were children, he Ooh. he traveled uh, the world in his late 20s looking for God and eventually made a discovery about Jesus. Here's a clip of the interview and his song. It's called On My Way to Heaven. Oh, listen. This was also after I went around the world, actually, in my in uh, my late 20s. And uh, the question I had as I went around the world was, who is God? I became a seeker, really. Um, and so I came back to, uh, I read the Bible cover to cover. For me, it's Jesus. It's the red words of Jesus. How simple it is. It really is redemption in that. So Eddie, don't you feel like a jerk now for for cynically <laughs> approaching Please his? Just, uh, does that sound like the the, the does that sound like the words it. of a man who's just making a play to to get into the no. Christian music market, Eddie? The I've decided to turn over a new leaf, and I'm gonna just say, uh, good for Randy Quaid. Oh, now we got this. Okay. So Not this is him singing? Yeah, yeah, it is. He likes some Tom Petty. Eddie, the expression on your face is impossible to read right now. Well, I mean, not for podcasters. He's they can't, the show they can't hear anything. So I'm just trying to get through this moment and get to something else before I end up saying Cameron, something. Cameron, imagine Cameron. if there was hey, a big, can, a big choreographed number and like it was in the middle of some sort of play that they would break out into that song. You would like it. You when you hear his voice, don't you feel like he has a uh, really strong hands? I feel like this guy is like ripped. <laughs> I mean, he just—that's how. It, I mean, as he just looks like that, like he's yeah. He just like, seems like, like he just built a fence. I mean, he's got he just built a fence. Yeah, you know? he built right. a fence and, when and he came says, in. When he says I'm going to record a song, yeah. When he says I'm going to record a song, well, laid some uh, brick, yeah. built a wall. <laughs> Great, you go record a song. But but of I'm course, gonna... his path to finding Jesus was well. I traveled around the world seeking God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Came back, it's, and then I read the Bible. Bible. I was the red words. I read the red letters. What, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, of course, that's how Dennis Quaid finds Jesus. He goes on an epic <laughs> journey, you know, yeah. with a guitar, with an acoustic guitar slung over his shoulder, just searching right, for right. God out there. You know, <laughs> good for him, man. Good somewhere. for you. Good for you, Dennis. <laughs> It was somewhere in Middle Siberia. When it hit me. I was crossing the Appalachian. But I came across a dusted Bible strewn across the path. I didn't read it then. I came back later. I well, no, yeah, it's, it's Jesus. Landed on Decided Jesus. Desert alone for 40 days. I realized. <laughs> I, was string, I was stringing barbed wire across the, the plains of Montana for my ranch. You're watching Channel 22, PBS, <laughs> 935. Taking, I was sleeping in the bed of a 
1940s F-150 under the stars one night. And this song came to me. Here's Jesus all along. Jesus, that's the one, you know, came out on came out on the Jesus side. So here we go. On my way to heaven. One, two, three, four, kick it. One, two, three. Yeah. All right. In case you missed it, a wrinkle in time uh, uh, screenwriter says they intentionally left out the Christian references from the movie. I mean, not surprising. Um, but uh, though Madeline Engel, Dennis Quaid, <laughs> who wrote the novel the film was based on herself, was a devout Christian. Screenwriter Jennifer Lee essentially <laughs> said that they wanted to make the film more inclusive to appeal to viewers of different beliefs. She explained to Uproxx why references to Jesus in the Bible were cut from the movie. One of the reasons Madeline Lingle's book had that strong Christian element to it wasn't just because she was a Christian, she said, but because she was frustrated with things that needed to be said to her in the world. And she wasn't finding a way to say it. And she wanted to say, stay true to her faith. And that makes no sense. In a good way, I think there are a lot of elements of what she wrote that we have processed or that we have progressed as a society and we can move on to other elements. She said they instead tried to focus on, quote, universal and timeless elements of the story, though Lingle saw those themes through her lens, which was Christianity. Quote, everyone has a different lens. That's what inclusiveness is to me in this film. Really looking at all of us have a role to play in this, no matter where we come from or what we look like. So, Annie, if you have something, Annie, why don't you say it? Because I feel like Jesse and I are not even close to done with Dennis Quaid jokes. (laughs) So why don't you comment on this and then we'll continue on. Um, I wonder wonder what Dennis Quaid has to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Watering down the gospel. I read every red letter and wrinkle in time. (laughs) (laughs) I was walking along. So there I was, four wheeling through Baja with a wrinkle in time in my back pocket. And I called... Oprah. <laughs> hey, uh, in case you missed it, Shia LaBeouf this week said that a fellow actor with Down syndrome actually helped him see God. While he was shooting the film The Peanut Butter Falcon, which also stars Zachary Gatsigan, an actor with Down syndrome for whom the movie was written, he was arrested for being drunk and disorderly in public. When Gatsigan, uh, yeah, Shia was, uh, found out about the arrest, he confronted LaBeouf. LaBeouf told Esquire, to hear him say that he was disappointed in me probably oh changed the course of my life. He continued, yeah. we were getting ready to do a scene and Zach said, do you believe in God? And I thought, no bleeping way. Are you about to explain God to me, Zach? And then uh, he explains, and then Esquire wrote, LaBeouf tries to keep it together. His voice jumps an octave. Zach said, even if he's not real, what does it hurt? And then he said, I don't believe in God but suggests that the conversation did possibly change the way he thinks about God. But did I see God? Did I hear God through Zach? Yeah. He met me with love. And at the time love was truth and he didn't pull punches. And I'm grateful, not even on some cheese ball bleep trying to sell a movie (laughs) in real life. Back in 2014, he told interview magazine about an experience preparing for the film fury, which in which he plays a Christian. Uh, He said, I found God during fury. I became a Christian man, not in the bleeping BS way, in a very real way. (laughs) I could have just said the prayers that were on the page, but it was a real thing that really saved me. And you can't identify unless you're really going through it. It's a full-blown exchange of heart, a surrender of control. Here is Shia LaBeouf's new song, 
On My Way to Heaven. <laughs> I want to hear more lyrics to On the Way to Heaven. There's got to be more to it than just there that. There is. Right? I listen to the whole song. It's great. Hey, Chandler, tell you what. In the transition, can I make a request? Between yeah. segments, can we play some more of On My Way to Heaven? I don't, <laughs> don't want to. Li- hey, listen. Play. I don't want to lose the listeners, it'll, man. It'll be in the track list and it'll make us. It'll be weird. But aren't no, people curious about the, the verse? Because <laughs> no, they're I think pretty we're good. good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very curious I'm about the verse because the, the chorus does not have me. I would be glad I'll to yield my slice I'll just time. Do it. I'll yield my slice time for another verse. Maybe Jesse can just yield one of his slices. Ooh, Annie Byrne. Jesse always brings a twofer. Well played. Uh, and lastly, hey, Mark Wahlberg this week, in case you missed it, uh, Mark Wahlberg explained how God changed his life after he went to jail. Lots of lots of actors and what they think about yeah. God this week. Yeah, everybody's um, into God. As a t- it's so hot right now. That God, he's so hot right now. So hot right now. Uh, How much would you guys pay to see uh, uh, like uh, what what what's it called like a trio? Not, not like a quartet. Well, when there's three singers, is there a name for that? A trio. I don't care. A trio. W- whatever. Yeah, right. Like Mark Wahlberg, no, whatever. It's Shia LaBeouf, Dennis Quaid walk out all with acoustic guitars, yeah. and it's like a rousing version of, of oh. course. On my so, so kind of like, kind of like the lone bellow or something, where they all like sing around one mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them has like a kick drum, just like oh, yeah. kicking away. They're all wearing suspenders oh, and, yeah. and Wahlburger shirts. Oh yeah, for sure. As you know, it's pretty famous. As a teenager, uh, Mark Wahlberg found himself in and out of jail. Yes, and at one point was even charged with attempted murder. He he later uh, pled you guilty mean, to assault. Yeah. Um, he also <gasps> battled a what? serious substance addiction. In a video that went viral this week, uh, Mark explains how God changed his life, uh, helped him get clean, and shifted how he viewed the world. See, I thought it was the Funky Bunch. Apparently, it's God. <laughs> you took it. Uh, I was just waiting. Hey, no, hey, you Chandler, had it. It was yours Chandler, to have. Play the clip. Hey, hey Chandler, <laughs> play the clip. Play the verse with, from On My Way to Heaven. <laughs> I met up with Jesus in that Funky Please. Bunch. All right, here's the clip. But I knew that that was just the beginning for me because I knew I really wanted to turn my life around. And I made a commitment that, at that day, but it was still, it, you know, it's still every day. It's a process, you know. That's why I start my day every day by getting on my hands and my knees and starting a time of prayer and reading and, and reading scripture. And then, uh, and then I feel like I can go out there and conquer the world. I was always looking to the wrong people. I was looking oh. up to the wrong people. And then once the dust settled and I was able to look clearly and, and I was sober for the first time in a while, I realized there were so many people around. You know, my parish priest who I've known since I was 13 years old, Father James Flavin, who, uh, you know, has married all my brothers and sisters, baptized all of my kids. I speak to him on a daily basis. Um, You know, he was there, the members of the Boys Club, uh, people who dedicated their lives to serving, you know, their communities uh, had been there and were there finally, you know, and I was able to recognize uh, the people that I should have been looking up to and looking to for inspiration. So they were there, but of course... It was also difficult for me because I still lived in the same neighborhood. I still had to go from my house to the train station. See, see, I, I never realized the parallel. Uh, Jesus had his disciples. Mark Wahlberg had the Funky, that Bunch. funky Bunch. That's right. That's right. That's the whole thing. I had no idea. No, that's, that's yeah. exactly what Mark I was trying never to do. I think these are translated think, the same in, in Hebrew and in Greek. I, I don't. Disciples I'll never be able bunch. to un, un, realize that now. Well, I will always forever think of the disciples as Jesus' <laughs> Funky Bunch. that. Oh man! It was attempted murder. Is that yeah, what he went yeah, to? Yeah, he's charged with it, but he pled to uh, guilty to assault. It was a really, really brutal assault. That—that's the true wow. story. Yeah. Oh well. Hit yeah. rock bottom right there. Saved yeah. by the Funky Bunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they Good. pulled him out of the ditch. 
Good vibration. Great song. His victim right. is still alive. His, th- by the way, and he's he's reconciled with him in recent years. Wow, that's look great. at that. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to Sarah Bradley. The song is O oh, from her new For the Kill EP. At the beginning of the podcast, you're a twin shadow with Saturdays featuring a little band known as Heim. Well, this week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Yes. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is so easy. It's simple and intuitive. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse, and you can use their award-winning best-in-class templates as your starting point. But you can customize it as much or as little as you want. That's the great thing about Squarespace. You want to do serious coding? Great. You want to keep it pretty friendly with the template? Great. And there's no plugins. It's simple, beautiful. I love it. And and really robust uh, commerce options as well if you want to do a store and sell some tchotchkes or knickknacks or quilted letters or something. Or <laughs> or animal experiences as Nora Livingston did. So we had people yeah, have send Yeah, you found a, some good websites, Eddie? I did. A lot some of people sent us because I said last week like, yeah. hey, if you ever made us because I always wonder, you know, we like send these podcasts into the world and yeah. they're like, well, who actually so Nora Livingston sent me one. Let's see. Who else did? There were a lot of people. There was, there a, was, a, yeah. there was a bunch That's of people. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Jessica Snyder. I'm making a new. I'm making a new site. It's called On My Way to Heven. Uh, dot biz. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, you <laughs> know, it's just a playlist. It's just it's, it's just a, me breaking down. It's me covering Dennis Quaid's On My Way to Heaven. There was great. a coach pretty that great. did. There was a coach that did one for his football team. But it was like cool because people straight up there were like whole businesses that were started because of it. Or it was yeah. just like our football team needs one and someone to make one. But it was like really amazing. Right now, Squarespace is offering relevant podcast listeners a very special deal. You can sign up for your free trial today at squarespace.com and then enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. I have used it. Yes. It really works. Yes, I have as well. And thanks for sending me your websites. Sorry, I didn't mention them all. It seemed to get very boring when I was just reading websites online. Uh, You know. Yeah, but you guys sent a bunch of them. But it was really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I loved looking at all the sites. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? So I like this story because it shows how a single facial expression could potentially oh. bring down one of the most powerful governments in the world, or yeah. at least uh, uh, really damage the credibility of it. Uh, so here's what happened. Uh, the Chinese government was hosting a press conference, uh, and you know they have pretty tight censorship rules over the media. Well, evidently, some of the journalists who were asking questions that were called upon were... Uh, essentially plants from the government and we're asking scripted softball questions Mm. that wouldn't challenge the government position but would just promote it so during this televised press conference a reporter asked a question that was uh, you know just a a softball to the government official and and, you know the the implications are the person uh was a plant the journalist next to her gave the most dramatic is a a woman wearing a a blue (laughs) like uh business kind of suit Gave the most dramatic eye roll, like full on. It wasn't just an eye roll. It was a head roll, mouth open. It was the (laughs) greatest eye roll of all time. Uh, You know, essentially, you know, showing like this question is ridiculous. So that was featured on on television. 
immediately her reaction started going viral among, uh, you know, Internet users in China who appreciated her willingness to express, you know, her disapproval with the tactics. Um, so it soon started being a top seller on uh, a lot of uh, Chinese retail websites. The eye roll is featured is now being featured on T-shirts, on cell phone uh, uh, covers, uh, oh, across memes. So people in China are started are like you know really embracing this eye roll. It's gotten to the point where now China has officially censored her name from the internet. You cannot yes. search for her name in, on the yes. internet. They also they also sent this to uh, to news agencies because there there isn't a free press. So the government can control what's being printed in the press. Here is the actual memo that Chinese news agencies got. It said, urgent notice, all media personnel are prohibited from discussing the two sessions blue clothed reporter incident on social media. News is not allowed to report this story. A single facial expression has damaged the credibility That's of the insane. Chinese government. Jesse, what have you done? What have you done? Now China's coming after us. <laughs> you are reporting the thing. Oh. Hey, China. If this is the last me. episode that you all see in your iTunes feed, now you know why. <laughs> <Right>. Dennis, <laughs> the, you cannot find any mention of Dennis Quaid in China anymore. He no is more. completely gone. Where's his band from their borders? Was it Randy or Dennis? No, Dennis. It was Dennis, yeah. yeah. I, was walking, I, I was walking the Great Wall on my journey. Who's Randy Quaid? <laughs> Randy Quaid is the comic actor. Uh, are, they're yeah. not related. Are they they are have they? to be related, surely. Yeah. Yeah, the Quaid brothers. Hold on. Randy Quaid, is he like Eddie on National Lampoons? That's right. Christmas Vacation? Yes. Yeah, he's Uncle Eddie. Yeah, that's Randy Quaid. Yeah. Dennis Quaid is not his brother. Did we all? Siblings. Brother, Dennis yeah. Quaid. Siblings. Buddy no. John Quaid and Brandy Quaid. They have four uh, four siblings, four Quaids. Wow, man. That blows my mind. That the Randy day. and Dennis are brothers? Yeah, like... Me like, too. They're very, very different. You know me they're and Chandler are brothers. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> right? But that's only because you say who's every Dennis, week, who's Randy? My but brother. Yeah, I, I, you wouldn't right. know. You wouldn't know that they were brothers based on anything they've ever appeared in or their appearance. Themselves. Or their appearance. And you guys yeah. on their yeah. Wikipedia, Randy says Randy Randall Rudy Quaid. Is he have four names? Randy Randall Rudy Quaid. <laughs> Is that real? Now that's a good. Th- that's a good set of initials. I'm putting to have that up. up in the office too. Randy Randall Quaid. Irk. I'm on my way to heaven. What do you got, Eddie? Fuck. All right, what do you have, Eddie? All right, this is going to blow your mind, and Jesse, you can fill in some of the science here because we have both been texting about this, but Scott and Mark Kelly are twin brothers, and Scott Kelly recently it was like also an astronaut, and so what they did is they decided to study their identical twins. Okay. So they decided to study the effects of basically space on people, and so because they have twin brothers... They it was a uh, it was essentially like a controlled like the control yeah. state on Earth. Yeah. Then the other one goes to space and he spent because twins are genetically identical. This is right. And this is important for you to know that, right. that well, that apparently you do know this. Well, is I saw this on Twitter yesterday because somebody asked Science Mike about it and he hadn't oh, wow. heard about it yet. OK. Oh, wow. So I know what you're talking about. OK, so they're so they're I genetically identical because of the way science works. And that is a direct quote from Science Mike. Science made them identical. OK, so well, it's because the cell split. So it's the uh, same cell. Right. And then that's right. It's yeah. It's one egg fertilized egg that that's splits. It. And now we got two of the same exact thing. Yeah. So exact we got, same. We got two people 
Exactly the same. Okay. One makeup. Yes. Same Ident- genetic. So, so Eddie, you could have just said we have identical twins. <laughs> I know, but the really- nature <laughs> of their DNA is literally the I'm adjective set- for what kind of twins they I'm are. I'm setting up the drama here. I can feel yeah, it. You really in. are. You're really so, stretching it. So, yeah, because it's really I'm only all okay, so you got this. they're identical. Yeah. They're identical. So they send <laughs> yes. identical twin Scott to space. He spends a year in the space station. They come back, and now they've got somebody that's been in space for a year. Somebody's not. Oh, been Scott space Kelly. For a year. That's Scott Kelly. Yes. When the astronaut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. they start to do all the tests. Yeah. Not much changed. Okay. Except for seven percent of his DNA. What? Seven percent of his DNA is different now than his brothers. So they are no longer considered identical twins. Just so space literally reformed his DNA. Right. And they are right now, they're calling it what's the word that they keep calling it? They keep calling it like space DNA. They're just saying like there were. I like were how long it took people. you to think that up. What are they calling no, 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 it? No, what is that's it? What oh, yeah, space There's DNA. a real scientific name. What is no, it? What it because DNA. I'm looking for a satisfying answer in this story, and they're basically just like, us. Stuff happens in space and we're trying to figure it out. And so basically, you know, your DNA is full of switches. Like basically this does happen. This doesn't happen. Well, in space, 7% of his switches switched. And now his DNA is different than his brothers. They're no longer considered identical twins, even though they still look the same, but they're trying to figure out like, like generally in a person's life, your DNA doesn't change it's just the thing you're born with and it only changes slowly over time you could say you evolve but let's not say that because dennis quaid might be listening right (laughs) right so (laughs) i promise he's quit if he started listening he's out by now (laughs) yeah so they're trying to figure out what it is the only thing that they can possibly attribute at this point is maybe it's the trauma of space travel like it's just you get so freaked out and scared that there's some sort of primal survival instinct over that year they get switched and now those different instinctual pieces of his DNA switch, but they really have absolutely nothing satisfying other than like we have seen someone fully evolve as a human in a year because he was in space. How nuts is that? That's pretty nuts. Jesse, what do you want to say about this? No, I just think it's super fascinating and weird just because like you said, they don't know what property about space transform someone's dna like it, it it's well, not so like it has to be the lack of gravity i mean they're calling it space genes That's maybe, what it's, maybe it's maybe it's what they're breathing i mean because he's in the spaceship the whole time right it's not like he's going to restaurants on mars and having a different experience yeah. that, that yeah. that's what's so that's what's so weird is is that it, it's something about space itself that yeah. that that we don't understand or fully grasp that has the ability to morph human DNA just by just by being present in it for an extended amount of time. Which so is, that, so that's why aliens look weird. That's what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah, they all started looking like us. Yep, and they, they spent out, a couple years. They started out in the image of God too, but they're just they're hanging out in the other planets, and then they turn into looking like an egg. Dude, I'm on my way to heaven. On my way to heaven. Yeah, they're saying that possibly it was like exposure to radiation, calorie restriction, but but see that stuff can happen on Earth if they just put them on two different sides of the Earth for a year, right? Which is crazy you know, because they, South by Southwest they, for four days feel a little, right. different. a little different. We need to check one, your DNA. We totally need to check your DNA. All of a sudden, you're really into cauliflower. <laughs> you did before, and now you love it. But it's such a strange thing because they've done, of course, a bunch of tests with humans on Earth, and the DNA doesn't change. There's just something like really and i'm not trying to like you know fear monger or like create like conspiracy theories but there is just something exceptionally weird about the fact that someone's like the core of their 
what what creates them as human. I mean, I know it's God, but like, come on. But like DNA, their DNA has been altered because of a year in space. That just completely blows my mind. Yeah, I think I think that's unexpected. <laughs> oh yeah, the articles are basically every article I write on it because I keep looking for like like, like what's a that's what's this corner. What's the kind of satisfying punchline to this? You yeah. know, like yeah, well, we expected it because actually yeah. under the no, every article kind of ends with like crazy, right? <laughs> Here's my conspiracy theory: What if Scott in space isn't the one who changed, but the one here is the one who changed? <gasps> no, because they didn't. Oh, I understand why that doesn't work because they did it before and after. Yeah, they did they it before and after of Scott wow. genes right. on. Oh, well, that's why I stick. That's why I stick Ooh. with math. And uh, that's science. that's that's how quickly I can get into a conspiracy and theory. Cauliflower. That's why I stick with that's how quickly. I was immediately on board, though. I'm like, but it yes. Was cool, I mean, I love conspiracy theories. We've never gone oh, into boy. this, how much I love conspiracy theories. Oh, so no. I'll always try to think of one. Jesse literally lives in the dark web. Where I, like, Annie, we, oh, could, we could talk it. for a long time. I am uh, well-versed in the world of conspiracy theory. And actually, I wanted to bring up, uh, 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 related to this, Eddie, related to this, I don't know if you saw this week, um, that uh, <laughs> this past week, a new video was released from a group that was founded by former Blink-182 guitarist uh, Tom DeLonge. Um, Love him. So he's dedicated his life to research about uh, UFOs in space and what he says is exposing it. And he actually has someone who is a former high-level, it's the deputy assistant for the secretary of defense is now working for him and is helping. What? Yeah. Is now helping to get these videos released. So he's released a couple videos of, of that are from the cockpit of fighter pilots of them freaking out, experiencing something very strange. He actually, so at first you're like, okay, Tom DeLong blink 22. This has no credibility. He actually under like, basically he recognized that, that if I do this, they're not going to uh, get credibility. So he hired these former defense uh, agency people. And he also started working with reporters from the New York times to do more investigations Whoa. on this. Yes. Failing New York times. So listen, I had lunch with my friend Joel last week and literally this is what he talked about the whole time was was the Blink-182 guy believing so strongly there are aliens and feeling like he's going to find them. Okay, so here, so here's the thing. Um, I, I, a long story short, you can die. I, I've done such a deep dive into this. I could do a whole hour on this. But um, so the New York Times started investigating with the, their skeptical journalism hats on and mm-hmm. found a, a, a lot of dark money in the Defense Department budget. So that's like off the books <gasps> money. They did some research and they found that it was actually was being used uh, to co found to fund an organization called Bigelow Aerospace, which is a private organization. And the founder is a mad billionaire who is obsessed with UFOs, too. This is being funded by the U.S. government. Dude. So here, <laughs> he, this is from the New York Times uh, uh, story. Oh, okay, so granted, much. look, this isn't, this isn't uh, uh, the National Choir. This is New York Times. Um, oh, man. Referring to uh, Bigelow Aerospace, which is working with the U.S. government. The company modified buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other <gasps> materials that the Defense Department uh, uh, official and program contractor said were recovered from unidentified aerial phenomena. In addition, researchers also studied people who ex- who said they had experienced physical effects from encounters with the objects and examined them for physiological changes. So they found weird metals Scott that people that were working Scott for Kelly. the government yes. picked up and they, their bodies changed. It is. Whoa. 
man. That's the New York. That's it. in the New York Times. That's in. Isn't that Guys, insane? There's so much we don't know. You know what we need to do? We need to start a space force because we have the Air Force, right? We need to start space a force. space force just to get real out there. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> And and have people sign up if they're really willing to risk their DNA changing. Make sure they know what they're signing up for. If I could pick which 7% would change, you know, (laughs) like I would probably be like a better runner if there's a switch for that. (laughs) I don't know that you get to upgrade your 7%, do you? (laughs) I don't know, but I would like my voice. I like, I don't want my beautiful voice to change because I have a beautiful speaking. I would want, I would want my voice to be tweaked to the melodic tone to be able to carry the melodic tones of one Dennis Quaid. I would like <laughs> a baritone. All right. All right. What do you have, Andy? Welcome. Okay. I first of all have to give cred where cred's due here. Eddie sent me this slice knowing because knowing me and knowing my heart, how much I would absolutely love this slice. And so I backburnered mine and this is the right one. So this woman named Sid, and I don't know if y'all do this. Women do this all the time. She took a picture of herself in a dress to send to a friend to see yeah. if the dress looked right. Like, is this the right outfit I should wear? I mean, you cannot know how many times I do that on the regular. It is true. So she sends a picture of herself seeking advice and she accidentally sent it to the wrong number. She sends it to this dad who has like five kids and he sends a picture back of all the kids giving a thumbs up and he says I believe this message was intended for someone else my wife isn't home so I couldn't get her opinion but the kids and I think you look stunning in your dress you should definitely go with that one which is so so sweet so sweet I love it that could have gone real south real fast and it just was beautiful (laughs) it's so sweet okay so listen to this here's the second part that I think is unbelievable so she puts it on Twitter or a friend of hers puts it on Twitter and it kind of goes Viral. Y'all may have seen it. It kind of goes viral and they find out that the dad, the reason the mom isn't home is because there's a six kid who is in the hospital and they have a GoFundMe page that they have been trying to raise money to help take care of this sick kid. He's and, sick with leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. With He's leukemia. Like, That's that right. child is very sick. Yeah. The kid's really sick. And, and so when the post goes viral, people find out about the GoFundMe page and now they've raised like four times the amount of money they need because all these people who saw this dad and his kids be sweet to this woman about her dress have given tons of money. It's so sweet. That's all. Isn't it just like, it's just perfect. It's perfect. It's It's a perfect story. Yeah. Yeah. I just absolutely loved it. I love that the dad wasn't creepy. I love that he got the kids involved and just was like reaffirming and reassuring. I think that's so nice. Yeah. Listen, you guys know that I'm mostly the darkest hearted person on this show. Oh, you are not. You play that role. You are one of the sweetest, most genuine, caring people in real life. I am an angel, but I will say I very rarely over spiritualize things. But Mm -hmm. this was one of those things where you're like, what are the chances that this woman sent a picture to the wrong number on accident and it happened to be the people who needed a viral moment in their life to raise money for their kid with leukemia. Right. You're like, yeah. you're like, come on, yeah. Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Dennis <laughs> Quaid, sing, write a song about that. I might listen <laughs> to it. On my, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, oh my way. Dennis I think Quaid it's a good reminder, if you get a text with the wrong phone number, you don't just have to be mean or ignore or try to be funny. Just be sweet. <laughs> I got a text yesterday <laughs> that was like, uh, Eddie, and it was like something just like, hey, man, great seeing you. Love to catch up. I'm like, and I reply, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I have no idea. Really? <laughs> I don't know why phones don't just send your, like, you can't make it an option to just send your name. Like, when I call somebody, I can have the option to just have like it Like caller ID used it to It does, do. it caller ID. So why don't we call our ID text message? That's a brilliant question, Eddie. Like, there it is. Like, do you want to send this person your contact? Yes, I do. And so it's done. It's just saved into their phone. 
It should just be a seamless transfer of information. Well, I don't. No, no, no. I don't want people to have the ability to save themselves into my phone. That's invasive. No, but I'm saying a much easier way. No, of but just their like, name would show up with the yeah, text like a caller ID. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. The name and the number. If you don't have the number saved, there would be an optional way to do it. But it just feels like a thing that I shouldn't have to like. Oh, yeah. are we really yeah, punching like, in these I, numbers? I ran to a rapper at South by, mm-hmm. shared shared numbers, but then I had to send him my contact yeah. card. Right. And so it's like, everything's a thing. It's a good sentence, Cameron. I ran into a rapper. And South by. Yeah. <laughs> we exchanged numbers. It was, I have a weird life. He's trying to get into another video. That's <laughs> true. He's, he's looking true. for the right trying to make my rounds. follow up. All the Christian rappers need to have a Cameron cameo in the back. Do you exactly. save, do you save like little notes about the person though? Like, because it'll be like Jessica, blah, blah, blah is a system. A hundred percent. I do. I mean, when y'all were single, did y'all, I mean, there is some like, codes like that that you can use in your phone when you give your number away of like this is a bad idea or <laughs> when i was when i was single i don't think there was text messaging okay. so you you give your number away to that many guys oh burned yeah it was an <laughs> i guess so <laughs> I mean, but good ideas turn to bad ideas right like good ideas at the start i can change his name from his That's... name to this is a bad idea so every Robbie, time i go to text away. i have to type in this is a bad idea. i shouldn't do this that's Annie's move. She just like continues like one digit at a time yeah. all day long. David, no thanks. Do you like this dress? <laughs> Question mark. Picture. Next digit. Oh, yeah. five. Do you like this dress? Question mark. Oh, <laughs> six. Do you like this dress? Question mark. <laughs> and then the guys are right back. Yes. What's yeah, your, yeah, what I are you up to? It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. What's you doing right now? Cool. I say, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> what's your yeah. name? You seem nice. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for slices. <laughs> do you have a Kickstarter? Stay tuned. Up next, Jim Caviezel, <laughs> JC. Jimmy K. You keep choosing the wild road. Stay sick because I follow my gut. They say I was pushing my luck. I'ma push me a mat all black truck. Oh, I'm not sorry. Stay sick because I follow my gut. They say I was pushing my luck. I'ma push me a all black truck. You're listening to Mariba. Song is Black Truck. The new movie, Paul, Apostle of Christ, closely examines the friendship between Paul and Luke in the writing of the New Testament. Jim Caviezel co-stars as Luke and soon will reprise his role as Jesus in the upcoming sequel to The Passion of the Christ. The Passion Never Stops. We recently spoke with Jim about both movies, his faith, (laughs) and why the Bible makes for such powerful films. Here is Jim Caviezel. This is such a a cool... uh, an interesting project. Um, I was wondering, how did you prepare to play Luke? Well, in The Passion of the Christ, of course, I walked on my pool twice a day. This one, <laughs> it was a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, it's got to be interesting going from playing Jesus to playing Luke. I mean, you have such an interesting perspective on what, you know, what it's like to, to in, inhabit a Bible story. What, how was it uh, different uh, playing the two characters for you pr- personally? Uh Obviously, different cast, different director. Um, you know, the director Mel Gibson is, you know, I mean, he's he's a very he's above and beyond anything I've ever worked with before. And and uh, you know, we did it in three uh, dead languages, and so 
you know, this one was obviously my own tongue. I actually, when it came to me, I didn't really jump at it at first. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Frank Stewart, my lawyer of 21 years, uh, was dying. And uh, he and I went to Auschwitz and um, just happened to come upon just the hauntingness of what that experience is like. You feel I was at the place where uh, Maximilian Kolbe was executed by the Nazis and three million others. And there, you feel it's a holy ground and you feel it go through you. So that's the first part of experiencing the life of the martyrs. And that was my connection to Paul and Luke and to the many Christians who were martyred during the reign of terror under Nero. But at that point, I wasn't thinking about it. I came back uh, to Los Angeles and Frank died two weeks later. After that, there's a mourning period. And then the, the producer called me, David Zilon, and asked me to revisit it. I read it and immediately I was thinking about that that connection um, right there. In my character, Luke, he's, he's, a, he's a pagan. His, people have often talked about Saul's conversion to Paul and uh, that how brutal he was. But this guy was just, he was just a pagan. He had, you know, money, he was a doctor, but yet he was missing something. He could have whatever he wanted, but he was missing something. And in the film, the hook for me was when Luke, he said, uh, when I saw you, I never met Christ in person, but the moment I heard you preach, I saw Christ in you. I said, okay, that, that, that got me right there. And so this is coming from a place where, you know, here's a guy that has no faith, but, it, but he's still a human and he's looking for meaning. He's looking for purpose. And so a materialism was thrown out the window and he went on a mission of adventure with Christ forever. For, for people who may not know the relationship between Luke and Paul, can you explain what that relationship was and why it makes for such a compelling subject of a film? I mean, for those that don't know, obviously Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles, a great part of he was in the room in the Memertine prison when he was writing down under the emperor who, uh, Nero who was massacring Christians and at the great risk of his life he's down there doing this and he's not on his mission he's on uh, Christ's mission this mission of obviously spreading the word of love to the world my connection came from the losing loss of a friend a best friend who was my mentor he was uh, Paul Frank Stewart was Paul to me and the man who always got me to try to not think of the way through the world, but the way through, of Christ's eyes. In other words, forgiveness, that forgiveness is on love. It's very easy to love people who think like you think. It's very difficult to ask to accept people who have polar opposite uh, ideals than you do and still treat them um, with dignity and respect. And so he always got me uh, to uh, look at it through the eyes of the windows of Christ. And of course, 
he was with me when we did the Passion of the Christ. And he was one of the individuals I played on the Christ. But our own personal experience, whether it be from Luke or Paul or um, any of the saints of Jesus, is how people uh, show you love in your life. That's all they know. And so much of the time, what I get is 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 just judgment. Is is just um, no love. You know, Christ brings us into our our faith, and we we do it. Did we do it because He put a gun to our head? No, we did it. He did it because He loved us, despite of our own weaknesses, our own sins, and that He was there for us so much of the time. We don't give that to others who would want the same way, but we just. We don't give that. We give the a side of Christ that doesn't exist. And so they say, well, why would I want to convert? Why would I want to have what you have? I already have fear, and that's what you put out there. I already have anxiety. I, I, I'll keep my things, not give anything up, because I already have what you want. So this film presents Christ's love, but it also goes a little bit more into the forgiveness aspect of it, that forgiveness is ardent love. That was Jim Caviezel. Make sure to check out Paul, Apostle of Christ, when it hits theaters next week. Listening to Aloe Black. As long as Make Way, it's his new single. Each week on the Relevant Podcast Network's brand new show, Love and Money, um, Rafa Robert from Bright Peak Financial and author, speaker, and licensed marriage counselor, Deborah Faleda, are joined by a guest as they bust relationship and money myths, answer listener questions, hold couples court for real couples, and a lot more. In this preview, of the podcast, Deb and Rafa are joined by author John Acuff to help out a listener who is struggling with their calling. I have a question for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this isn't that time. Sometimes, <laughs> um, in order to feel love, I accrue a lot of debt. Is, is that <laughs> <laughs> to fill the hole? Yeah. Because yeah. I won't, like, I, I gotta yeah. fill the void and the sadness. Oh, I mean, mm. listen, I acquired over 300 pairs of Nikes yeah. when I was newly uh, divorced. Yeah. There you are. That's why, yeah. that's why I gave that's you that. You know, I have a concern. That's so many. Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, I, have, I have over 300 pairs of Nikes, oh, yes, and most of them were acquired in the last four years. I have years. two pairs yeah. of shoes. <laughs> that surprises no one, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just realized. I just realized I was eating out a lot less and I had some extra money in the budget. Yeah, so, true. you know, Nike.com clearance hey, section. Go. Yeah, you're allowed to live You do have nice shoes. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. You were just bringing up questions. This has nothing to do with love or money, but I mean, if they, you know, if it's a slow week, I recently made a trip to space and I fear my DNA may have changed. <laughs> <laughs> One, what's going on? Do I need to be concerned? John Acuff, what say you? <laughs> yeah. I like, I'm excited about, I'm excited about this show. She has been, Deb, I, uh, um, her writing on Relevant has been some I'm of my, tell you. Yeah. Well, it's like been some of my favorite articles. Had, last year I had an hour long conversation with her about actually about 
the idea yeah. of maybe doing this show. Oh, and wow. we just ended up talking. And it turned into a counseling session. It was yeah. really funny. Well, I mean, we, we know... I will tell you from one counselor, we just, we have a sense when we talk to someone. Really? Like, are you uh, serious? Oh, I mean, just about you. <laughs> like halfway through the conversation, she was like, how are you? Like for real? Yeah. Like, you're just, <laughs> like what do you think of this dress? Yeah. Like the, what I wrote in the inscription, like, you know, the whole thing's a house of cards. <laughs> That's gonna I love you. Hey, do you know what she said terrible. to me? Do you know she's, this is true and she's not going to care if I say this, but uh, Chandler can attest to this because Chandler, you and I have been putting a lot of time into the show. So that, that yeah. I mean, and I hopefully it translates to, I'm, we're really proud of it. We put, no, but we've yeah, been working. Working with really well. Rafa and Deb a lot. We want to get it right, you know. And so while they record, I am like with ears in for the first couple of episodes. Like, not I'm not interjecting, but where I'm kind of giving notes and we're trying to, you know, just make sure we get it right. And I and I between segments and like saying things to them. And I guess I was I said something. And here's this was literally what uh, Deb told me uh, after the recording or during the recording this week. She said, "Jesse, you are like a reverse counselor." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Chandler. Did she not tell me that? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. pretty great. I received that. Reverse counselor. All right, here is a preview of the brand new show from RPN. The Love and Money Podcast. All right. Well, now we're going to do a segment we call Bust a Myth. So every week we're asking our guests to bring something in, a myth or something that people hold as a truth, and then we get to talk about it and uh, decide whether we actually think it's true. Is it really a myth or what do we think about it? So uh, we asked John to bring something in. John, what did you bring in for us? Well, I mean, the, the hard part for me was that there were so many to choose from. Because um, <laughs> the, you know, the easy thing is to say, well, there's a myth about money. And here's, you know, here's the first one I think of. I, I, I kind of went through my long list. Unfortunately, I would argue there are a ton of myths about money. Yes. Um, there's the myth about, you know, how you tithe. There's a myth about, okay, how do you earn money? There's a Mm -hmm. myth about, you know, where does it come from? Um, my myth that I wanted to talk about was kind of career based. And it's the myth that you should always follow your heart and expect to find purpose at your work. Um, that work should always be an expression of your passion and your gifts. I think this is a myth we've probably had forever, but I think I really see it with this younger generation where we've taught them, listen to your heart, um, expect your job to feel a certain way, be a certain way, find your mission, find your why, and then go live out of that. I think that's a gigantic myth. Yeah. Here's why I think it's a myth. And here's what I think is true is true instead. I think that it's great to have purpose at your job. I don't think it's a good barometer for whether you're at the right job because I think a truer reality is that every job has things you don't necessarily want to do, things right. you're not passionate about, things you're not excited about. Every job has weird things. I'll tell you the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me at my job. This is 100% a true story. It's the kind of thing that if I told myself, I'll only do my job when it's fun and I've got passion, I would have quit this day. So... I speak for a living and I write books, which means I do book tours. And I've spoken for a bunch of events for an essential oil company. In Nashville, essential oils are really popular. And so I love this one company. They've been great to my family. 
But what it means is that people now come to my events from this essential oil kind of fan group. And sometimes they bring me bottles of essential oil as a gift, as a thank you, which it's great. So kind. Sometimes people bring me queso because I tweet about that a lot, um, which I found a way to create a job where people deliver melted cheese to my place of business, which That's no amazing. guidance counselor said I could do, but whatever. Yep. Um, I, I made it happen. And so one night I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm in a books a million and I sign this woman's book and she gives me a little vial of oil and I say, thank you so much. It's so kind. She leaves or I think she leaves. Five minutes later, I'm signing somebody else's book. And on my, my bare neck, I feel an oily hand um, rubbing my <laughs> neck and then somebody pouring oil on my hair and my head. Oh. Um, wow. At least it she, wasn't queso, she, I guess. <laughs> exactly. She leans in and says, I'm anointing you. It's very biblical. This is very biblical. I think that's what she's recreating scenes from the Bible. Yeah. She said, I'm, I'm anointing yes. you. And I don't like, they teach that at author school. And the crazy thing is, Everyone there was like, is she with him? Like, does he ball so hard he travels with an anointer? Yeah. Yes. And my favorite part is she was five minutes from the right decision. She left and came back. <laughs> she was so close to choosing correctly, but she got to her car and was like, you know what? I am going to oil that guy. <laughs> so then I have to call my wife that night and she goes, how was the book signed? And I go, oh, it's different. It was one of those oil ones. And so your job's going to have difficult things, hard things, fun things. It's going to be a mix. So I think the myth is you do your job to find purpose in your job. You don't expect or demand purpose from your job because I just don't think that's the reality for so many different people. Right. And and sometimes it takes those steps along the way. Like I look back at my personal life and now I'm writing and speaking and counseling, but it did not start that way. I remember when my husband was in medical school and I had to actually be the breadwinner. It was hilarious because I expanded my resume in some really strange ways. Like I was an, a court interpreter for Arabic. I, sub, I was a substitute teacher in inner city schools. I was a website copywriter. And all of those things had nothing to really do with where I'm at today. But sometimes God uses those unexpected turns that you just got to push through um, until you are finally achieving your calling and doing what you're meant to do. But sometimes there's going to be, uh, you know, dead end roads along the way. Well, and that's the thing. I, you know, to, to a younger generation, I think it's really important. I meet so many college students that feel this pressure to pick a perfect major. And the story I always tell them is I couldn't have picked what I'm doing now in college because it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of what I do is social media. I couldn't have studied that because it physically, literally was not a thing in our existence. And so for a lot of students right now, or a lot of college kids or maybe young 20s, the thing you end up doing might not even exist yet. You might be some hologram scent developer. I don't know what's going to the future holds. You might be a, you know, driverless car designer. I don't know, but I think when we put the pressure on ourselves to find the perfect thing, we end up being really dissatisfied with something that's not lining up with our expectation. Yeah, so I think I, I really see this myth play out in couples down the road in a lot of different areas for love and money. Um, uh, just running into couples where, yeah, you know, for example, one spouse will all up and just all of a sudden quit a job and literally be like, oh, I'm pursuing my passion. And whether it's a quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis, right. I've seen it, re I see it wreak havoc on the family. And, you know, it's not thought through. They didn't actually take the other person into consideration it's like bam i just you know what this isn't my passion this isn't my calling and uh i, I just think if everybody did that it's it's such a 
bad idea. Uh, and, and I get where it's coming from. You know, we've got this in, ingrained thing where we feel like we want to be enough. We want to feel valuable. They say one of the most powerful things at work is feeling like you're making a contribution. And yet uh, on our assessment, on our love and money assessment, more than half of the people report that they, uh, they, they feel dissatisfied with what they're doing in their life. And I, I mean, it's just a, such a massive number. And you, you, you know, you combine that with the myth that John's bringing up, like, well, you know, I've got to have passion. I've got to be making a difference in every moment of my life. And it's no wonder that people are, you know, running into these pretty bad decisions, uh, you know, in their day to day. Yeah, I like that, Ralph. And I think it's important to pursue your passion, but also realize that sometimes you're just going to have to push through. And I think sometimes that throws people off. Chris Rock recently said, he was talking about his daughter's high school and they had said, you can be anything you want. And I, I wildly disagree with that. Like I, I could have done all the workouts and all the protein. <laughs> I was not going to play in the NFL. Like, and that's okay. Like I was not yeah. going to be in the NBA. That was a lack of passion. Um, but the way he said it was, you can be anything. He said, you can do anything you're good at if people are hiring. And then he said, and it still doesn't hurt to know somebody. So I think there is this balance of, Dreaming big, but also having this healthy sense of reality. You know, the, uh, the other part of this for, for us to talk about, I don't want to leave this out, is there are some people who are working in their calling. And so I, I used to do youth ministry and um, I, a lot of people that we've worked with, they, ministry is their job. And here's the deal. And here's the converse of what we're talking about. When you choose to make your calling, your living, sometimes you've got to be re- ready for the trade-off. So I have a lot of friends in ministry where it's like now they're running around feeling like where they're not satisfied is in the other things in life. So they're in smaller homes. You know, they have a, you know, they, they can't get all the stuff that they see their friends having. And you know what? That's, that's kind of the trade-off. You can't have it all. And so, you know, you, John, you talked about it and Deb, I know your, your speakers, your authors, like if you go all in on that, like, Hey, you might be eating ramen noodles for a while and that's the way it's going to be. You yeah. can't be comparing yourself. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. I think right. that's a really good one to apply to this type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's smart. That's, that's really smart. And you're, and you're not supposed to um you're supposed to be able to say hey you know um during my time with young kids the couple we talked to today i'm gonna hustle in a different way when you know i have two teenagers i get to do different things because of the age of my kids and so i think you're right it is about pacing that was your first taste of the brand new Love and Money podcast from the Relevant Podcast Network. Head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check it out and subscribe now. You'll like it. Growth happens daily. Kickstart every day with daily power. 365 days of fuel for your soul. Get simple, honest, and inspiring insight from New York Times best-selling author Craig Rochelle. Develop a consistent, daily pursuit of Christ in your home, in your marriage, in your workplace, and in your everyday life. Pick up your copy of Daily Power at craigrochellebooks.com. You're listening to Michael Sayer. The song is Bad Bones. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Hey, uh, before we jump into the segment, yeah. uh, a lot of you guys heard last week's episode where Jesse and I talked about our trip to Somaliland and and experiencing what's happening with the drought there yeah. um, in Northern Africa and have asked how, what you can do to help. Many right. of you have asked about how we could... Um, kind of empower some of the locals to uh, learn fishing or provide fishing uh, equipment and things like that. Um, And so we, we hit up our, our contacts at world vision who helped facilitate the trip and they do a lot of work in the area about what, uh, what our listeners could do to get involved. They suggested the best thing to do was to give directly to the world vision, clean water efforts that are going on. Yeah. You can go to worldvision.org and search for clean water and and the clean water stuff that is directly going to northern Africa where the drought's happening. It's right there and you can you can donate. As far as the fishing stuff like that, uh, let's just say there are meetings yeah. happening. And and that is a new uh it would be a new completely new thing, but it is being talked about and there've been several meetings already. Um we love that y'all are asking about it. We love that you guys are wanting to get involved in a tangible way. Um, uh, the best way right now, go give directly to the clean water efforts that World Vision is doing in that region. And uh, then uh, there may be some other stuff that we can talk about soon. Awesome. Yeah. So, Great. That's good. Go. Good to remember and know. Okay. Uh, let's see. So now it is time for our sometimes occurring new segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the relevant <laughs> listener of the week. You listen to the show and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. Okay, this week's listener of the week, uh, Jesse handpicked yes. this individual. Uh, his name is Ty Hill. Jesse, before we bring him on, why don't you read his three facts that uh, jumped out to you? Okay, true story. I did. I, I re. I re solicited people to send me facts. I opened one message and read these. I'm like, this is the winner. I didn't even need to read oh, it. Wow. Like this, Ty. Okay, I'm going to read all three because I'm very interested in all three. And okay, please read it like Randy Quaid. No, not like Randy Quaid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get or do. Some real nice Clark. <laughs> Here are Ty's three facts. A third of one of my toes fell off oh, in Disney World. I'm going to vomit. Oh, I can't wait. I was peer pressured into eating a potato chip soaked in pepper spray by a <laughs> county sheriff. Oh, that seems like police brutality. <laughs> and, and this is the one like I'm Mississippi most interested again. in. Most. Most. Wow. Because this could be three on their own, honestly. I've had to break up uh, fights on three different occasions in the middle of doing a sermon. (gasps) Wow. Wow. Okay. uh, Welcome to the podcast, Ty Hill. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, Ty, where are you calling us from? I'm calling from the beautiful town of Wabash, Indiana. Mm, Lovely this time of year in Wabash. (laughs) How is it down at the corner store? (laughs) (laughs) What's that even mean? It's wonderful. Do they have, they have a corner? Every place have a corner. Okay, Ty, uh, we only have a, a couple minutes, so uh, <laughs> we got to get into this. Please talk us through your three facts. Uh, why did part of your toe fall off at Disney? <laughs> uh, this was uh, when I was in um, uh, in first grade. Oh, oh did you have le- leprosy? <laughs> oh, no. uh, and I wish it was that interesting. But early, I was going to um, say that's an early joke, Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for not knowing. Shattered that uh, I shattered that foot foot in first grade. My brother accidentally dropped. Um, the weight of a tetherball pole um, oh. onto my foot. I tried to jump out and scare him while he was pushing it. It had like two wheels on the side. Fair. <laughs> didn't scare him, but when he pulled it back, the pole came out of the base and it shattered my foot. Oh, oh gosh. So, oh, gosh. Uh, it was 
very on ugly, you. very yeah. uh, it damaged a gotcha. lot of the bones and a lot of the nerves. So about oh, a year no. later, a little less than a year later, uh, my family and I were in <laughs> Disney World. And, and as a second grader would do at the end of a day at Disney, I was conked out. I was knocked out asleep. Yeah. And so my mom was taking my shoes off. Oh, she God. pulled my socks off. No, no, no. Headphones <gasps> off. Headphones <laughs> off. <laughs> Just finish the story and tell me when he's done. Fell out on the ground. So uh, I oh. had some of my bones sticking out, but I had to have surgery to have that oh, removed. And uh, it does look pretty thick. Oh, and it's wow. First quite grade. a bit of time. Can you, yeah. so you still can't feel it, you know, that foot or... I mean, I, I have feeling the circulation is just pretty bad. So oh, it's more okay. of like a, when I get in water, it goes like numb just because it can't keep so, warm. So you, so, oh, so you oh, get wow. cold feet. <laughs> oh, no, Jesse, too soon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, yeah. <laughs> Ty, which toe is it? Uh, my middle toe on my left foot. Yeah. Yeah. So the worst part about it is the doctor asked my mom, I was in second grade and he said, Hey, uh, if you would like, we can try to save the toenail because if the toenail grows back normally, it'll look nope. normal toe. Nope. Um, but I've been cursed with this. Like it just grows straight out like a nub. The pepper spray thing. Move it forward. The, if they can stand you guys talking about the shape of water last week, I could think oh, thank you very much. They were I, between us, Ty, everybody was pretty immature, weren't they? I was, I was like I was trying to like get above it, but they just kept going. Uh, Did your toe grow a new tie? Is there like another one of you walking around? <laughs> like how starfish work? Hey, I'll keep going. All right, pepper spray. Yeah, here that, comes the water stuff. Yeah, because this yeah. seems like police brutality to me. So um I was actually, when I was down in college, I went to Kentucky Christian University oh. and, um, I'm not originally from the South. So maybe Annie, you can fill me in on, on some of why this stuff happens. But, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. I, <laughs> I worked at a church, uh, while I was down there as a part-time youth minister. And I was, I was still pretty young. I was like 21 years old. And, uh, the church was called lower grassy church of Christ. And it was just as like podunk and like farmer church down in the holler of Kentucky, as you'd imagine. <laughs> And uh, so we did an all-nighter there. And I know some of you guys grew up in the church or worked in ministry at some point, and all-nighters are just the worst thing in existence. Yeah, the lock-in. <laughs> the famous church lock-in. lock-in. Yeah, oof. Lock-in, totally. Lock-in, yeah. And uh, at one point in the night, it was like three or four in the morning, that's when you start losing students. Some go sleep and some get bored and had a, a couple students still up with me and wanting to do something. And I had a game plan, but it was for a bunch of kids where we would all like, they would have to eat mystery foods and stuff like that. So some of those foods were disgusting. And so the only people up with me were a table full of girls and, um, and one of our chaperones who happened to be, um, the sheriff of our County. And, uh, sure. (laughs) And so they talked me into eating some of those disgusting things that I planned on trying to make them eat. Um, they started calling out my pride and my manhood. And I, I'm ashamed to say I caved hardcore to that peer pressure. (laughs) I get that time. (laughs) I mean, what happened in uh, your mouth when you ate that? I honestly had no idea. Like the worst mistake. So he, the police officer talked me into putting it on the potato chip and I'm an idiot. So I smelled it at first and (laughs) that's, I don't know why I thought about breathing it. You're just like the most classic little brother on earth. You know, you know how pepper spray works, right? Like it's made. (laughs) It's not like, it's not like peppering an egg, like a scramby eggs. It's like a terrible weapon. Pepper, I expected mm. some kind of flavor and there was no flavor. It was just immediate pain. Like <laughs> I was 
like there was no pride anymore. All the pride that I had before that moment was thrown away as I clung to a wall, gasping for air. And, and yeah, and, I bet you're not supposed to ingest that stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. the police officer, that jerk, uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but uh, he does. He's good. Man. Just kidding. Yeah, but you did eat he, that, uh, did you? He, yeah. While I'm suffering in pain, he calls the girls over and says, hey, watch this. Yeah. And he takes a styrofoam cup and and sprays the pepper spray on there and the pepper spray completely dissolves the, the styrofoam cup. Oh no. my God. That's oh crazy. My system, right? Yeah. Wow, so man. I took me a while. The girls felt bad for peer pressuring me. So they were bringing me ice cream and popsicles and stuff like that. But the, the police officer said, Hey man, you just, you have to let it dry out. You can't cool That's it so down. Crazy. Ty, yeah, so even are, getting in the shower 10 hours later after I'd slept off the all nighter, I rubbed my eye um, uh, in the shower uh, no. and my, Ten hours later, my eye my, erupted in place. My middle, so, and my, <laughs> and my middle finger fell off. <laughs> oh no! Ty, Ty let oh, me ask you this: Did the experience yeah. of the pepper spray help when you had to break up these fights in the sermons? Because it seems like you're a master of pepper spray. Are, are you a oh. pastor, Ty? Is that what we can infer? Yes, uh, I'm a pastor at a residential facility, White's Residential and Family Services in Wabash, Indiana. So we work with uh, troubled teens who have kind of gotten in trouble with the law, or are in foster care, or, or different things like that. So. I do chapel four times a week for roughly a hundred kids that are here for different behavioral issues or addiction issues and stuff like that. So a good man. Yeah. Oh. Hi, you married? He may not have all his toes, but he's a good guy. What do you got? What, what do you got on the relationship <laughs> yeah. front? Hi, you got anything going on there? Are you married or in love? I actually got married three weeks ago. Well, yeah. That's exciting I, to get married. Kind of dip your toe in the water, did, right? How's your wife feel uh, not having made the cut of your top three facts? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. That's a lot to compete with. You know what I mean? You know, maybe I just got married three weeks ago. It might have been uh, something you might want to include in your top three. To be fair, would Jesse have picked him? Probably yeah. not. No, Probably not. True. I'm looking for graphic toe stories. No, he could have said, I'm yeah. a nine-toed man who just got married three weeks ago as <laughs> one fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd I be suppose. like, oh, okay. The nine-toe thing. I'm, I'm interested. What, uh, what, what, what's her name? Uh, Kinsey. Ooh, Kinsey. Yeah. Like Kinsey or McKinsey? Did you shorten it or is it actually it's just short? Weird. It's K-I-N-S-E-Y. So Kinsey. Does Kinsey know about your toe? Uh, yes, yes. I had to hide it from her for the first couple months. I didn't want to. You've got to. Much, but yeah, you. But you then can it, but then it that grew early straight on. out of the shoe, and you couldn't hide it anymore. <laughs> Guys, actually, the worst thought. I know we're not trying to jump back to that, but the worst part about that toenail is I have to cut it with a dog toenail. Ladies and gentlemen, Ty Hill. I didn't even know they had special ones. I have to go to a dog groomer to get. It's like a little. It's like a toe. It's like a little, uh, like a twig, like a little piece of like fire kindling that grows out of your toe that you clip off. You are absolutely such a good man with a great job, but I can never know you. (laughs) Hey, can I be honest with you, Ty? If we ever met, like you'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm up here." Because even if you were in shoes, I'd be looking down at your feet the whole time, thinking that's just gonna pop out of there. Yeah, totally. He walks up to you. Hey, remember we? we Ty would be like, he'd be like breaking down, like you know this this moving stuff with the job. I'm like, Ty, I gotta stop you there, man. It would be. Yeah, I'm not gonna get any further until I see the toe. Yeah, it would be. We're at like the the 15 year podcast event, and he's like, "Hey, we talked a couple years ago." I'm Ty Hill. Toe, 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 toe,
Dog clipper toe. Oh, <laughs> the day never comes that Eddie follows me. He's getting a DM of a picture oh, real quick. Oh, no. Yes, yes. 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 Ty, you know that that's not going right. to happen now. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, Ty, you uh, officially uh, the week of March 16, 2018, you're the relevant podcast listener of the week. So yes, thank Ty. you very much, man. We're a big fan yeah, of you, Great Ty. talking to you. Thank you for listening. Good luck with your marriage. See ya. Thanks so much. I know that was lunacy and we barely let you talk, yeah. but it was he, really he fun. Did, he didn't tiptoe around that, did he, guys? Oh, oh no. no. You old dog. No. <laughs> no. Hey, nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> no. Even worse. Um, Even worse. Chandler, no. Chandler, don't clip that part out. It was too good. Oh, 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 wow. oh. I was. Hey, w- w- as soon as he brought it up, I was so worried I was going to put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I was re- re- really proud of you, Annie. Whoa. Annie is no longer the newest cast member. That was absolutely disgusting. Let's talk about anything but that guy's name. Well, the, the perfect segue because <laughs> it's time for last week's editorial question of the week. Remember last week, uh, we asked you for your worst or most embarrassing travel story. Jesse and I were talking about our long trek to Northern Africa and uh, his experience on Ethiopian Airlines. And it just got us wondering about your most memorable and or horrific and or embarrassing travel stories. You guys did not disappoint. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and also posted your replies on the podcast page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, uh, Ronaldo said um, <laughs> one time he was running late and got to the uh, to the airport and realized when he got out his ID that he had left his debit card at home. He also had no cash or or credit card, um, so he had no way to eat, um, and so he ended up going thirty five hours without eating, and eventually found what? a credit uh, union where he could go and get money out, and he ran to the first re- restaurant he could see, which he claims the first restaurant he could see was Hooters, for which he says, "Sorry, Lord." So I don't <laughs> know. That's it's between you and God, Ronaldo. You should have gone yeah. like another couple hours. Uh, I'm not going to read Matt's whole story, but there is a very funny story that he tells about he and his wife uh, traveling around Italy and they took what was called the night train and they assumed it had like lovely sleeping cars. But as it turns out, they were just doing an all nighter and a train and then ended up seeing people that were like on drugs and then they're trying to (laughs) sleep on a bench outside for a three hour layover in the middle of who knows where. And it just devolved into a great story. And he made it. Kathleen's is really interesting because they were on a flight over the Atlantic and someone got sick from Dallas. They were going Dallas to London and someone got really Uh, sick and they had to land. And these uh, are the things that would just make you, these are the things that they can't control, but make you insane. So the guy gets sick and they have to land and they land in Nova Scotia. And then they realize that because of how long the, the people flying the plane because of the pilots and the um, stewardesses, they can't take off and go to London because they've passed their FAA regulation for hours and so then they have to fly back to New Jersey. I mean, how unbelievable is that? And then they end up finally landing in London. But those are the things that like, you just have to like, oh, well, that's life, right? And you have to suck it up. But that sounds terrible. Man, that is terrible. Matt shared one that was really awful and just made me uh, continually uncomfortable. In 2007, he was on a wilderness trek with a prominent- With out- Dennis Quaid. With Dennis Quaid and yeah, a prominent searching. outdoor just organization. Searching, man. <laughs> yeah, and Matt ended up writing the the smash hit <laughs> on my way to heaven. On my way to heaven. My way. Yeah. <laughs> That's my anyhow, worst travel experience. That's anyhow, the, this I was on a track with Dennis Quaid, and uh, <laughs> and he's all you need to know. On my way to heaven, <laughs> non-stop over time. and over again, and how much the red letters 
mean to him. <laughs> when he, it's so simple when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> just you read it from cover to cover. <laughs> uh, I love it how the spiritual said. journey had nothing to do with how he found Jesus. Like he, right. he journeyed the world. Then he's like, and I came home and I read my Bible. You could have just done that from the beginning and skipped the whole journey. <laughs> no, he had explored all the other options. Right. Yeah. And then he landed on that one. Got to go and see the whole elephant before you realize you're looking at your piece. I mean, let's yeah. like just yeah. read Leviticus. You'll be fine. <laughs> Listen, Matt ends up. <laughs> there was a lot in that sentence. Yeah, uh, that got Matt, weird. Matt said. So basically what Matt said was that they brought the wrong kind of fuel for the camp stove, which you just can't make it happen. And so it ended up just like having this awful gas smell, but they were on a like outdoor excursion. So they had to eat food that was basically cooked in this awful gasoline. gasoline smell. So they're eating nothing, which caused severe indigestion. Then they ran out of the gas. And so they're just eating dry lentils for the last couple oh, of days. Gosh. It just sounds like like day one. When you realize that you're like, well, this trip is over and terrible. And but you're out there and you got to just keep going. So Matt then wrote the hit song. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more where those came from. Uh, you can you should you should. Well, you shouldn't read them. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's a whole lot of vomiting on airplanes stories. Yeah, yeah, it's so. going to put a little fear of God in you about traveling for a minute. Yeah, especially on uh, uh, prop jets and commuter planes. Yeah, uh, you might not yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. We briefly mentioned Jesse and Annie F. Downs' uh, uh, love for conspiracy theories and, yes. and, and the fact it's that like love. there's some gene-altering stuff going on in space and there's some secret you know, buildings being built and it's in the budget and stuff like that. There's, there's some stuff up. There's some stuff up yeah. right now. That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. We want to yeah. know your favorite conspiracy theory that you actually do believe that you actually say there is something going on here. Here's some links. Here's what I think. We want to know your favorite conspiracy theory and we will read them on the show next week. We might even have one or two of you on yes. to try and convince yes. us. Uh, of your I, I am really theory. looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love these. I, I, I do. I don't have nothing else to say. But I mean, I, but I have. Here's, yeah, here's I, I love because we've all day. I love it. We've heard about all of Me them, too. right? You feel yes. like you, you always feel like you've heard about all of them, and then somebody is going to say one that you're like, <gasps> right? No, yes. no, yes, that is. That's what I thought was happening with the twins. There you go. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There you go. Hit us up Formerly on Twitter twins. at Relevant Podcast, or you can post yours your longer ones, which you should over on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, we want to hear from you. We are doing a relevant podcast listener survey. We want to, we, we have some questions. We have, we, we want to know your thoughts about a couple of things. Exclude me from this. I am uninterested. I feel pretty confident in what we're <laughs> to doing. Join in am on I the about survey. to get kicked off the show? <laughs> yeah. We just <laughs> yeah. want to do a little, it's just uh, one question. A 90 day There's evaluation. One question. You know Which of our newest cast members is not working out? <laughs> uh, uh, we <laughs> tweeted a link to the survey this week, so you can follow us on Twitter and find it there. You can find it on the podcast episode page as well, or you can go to relevantmagazine.com slash podcast survey to take it. We'd love to hear from you. It helps us make the show better. It helps us find the right partners for the show. And uh, it's just, it takes a few minutes and it would mean a lot to us. So, and I will not be able to read them because my crushing insecurity will absolutely. We're not going to ask for, it's not critique about the individual cast members. And I do not want to hear about this. No, just don't. Ignorance don't, is bliss. I don't want my know right. my score on one to ten. I'm not a ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, let's do that. Let's add that to the survey. Just give me a score as a one, human. One no, literally yeah, only, yeah. only just Annie. Human. Like no, no other questions about the cast. But then the last question: What do you think of Annie? One to ten. Yeah, <laughs> Annie as compared to 
and then compare to other people. Yeah, yeah I like it. And while you're online, uh, maybe subscribe to the new issue of Relevant, our brand new 15-year anniversary issue with John Legend on the cover, with Ava DuVernay, with a lot of other amazing content is out now, just released a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can go to relevantmagazine.com and get it. You can also pick it up on newsstands nationwide. But if you go to the site and subscribe now, there's a special deal. Um, and we, I think you'll like the magazine. We'd love the support, though. So if you like the show, go It's a good thing to, to do for your birthday. If everybody wants to celebrate Cameron's birthday, <gasps> fill out the survey and subscribe to the magazine. Last yeah. year for my birthday, I, uh, we end up, all, all my friends uh, ended up raising uh, over like $14,000 for charity water. Yeah. Uh, this year, oh, wow. subscribe to Relevant. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd help us make payroll. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> RelevantMagazine.com. There you go. Hey, uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thanks to our uh, show sponsor for making the episode possible. Remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. When you support our show sponsors, it actually really makes a difference and uh, keeps the show viable and happening. So thanks for supporting them. Yeah. Thanks to our guests as well. Uh, Jim Caviezel's new movie, Paul, Apostle of Christ, is out next week. Make sure to check it out. And also go over to iTunes or wherever you download uh, podcasts and check out the new Love and Money podcast from the Relevant Podcast Network. You can uh, listen to it there and subscribe. Subscribing makes a difference. Also, the brand new fourth season of Eddie's podcast, The New yes, Activist, the is new... out now. Come on. You said yes. it's your happiest episode ever. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. I'm oh, excited. Oh, dude. John, wait. I, I listened ahead, to Josie. it last I texted you last night, Eddie. I don't know if so that like fan is fantastic. Like moving, everyone needs to download. If they, you listen to one episode, start with this one. It was incredible. Oh, nice wow. work, Eddie. I, well done. I really agree. Thanks. Thanks. It was it's a joy. So I, I mean it. you've been, now you're starting your fourth season. You said in your tweet, you said it's your favorite episode yet. By far. No disrespect to all of the I other agree. people who hey, joined. Everybody's saying I agree, man. Yeah. I, it was just, it's because of the guests. It's John and Mark Cronin of John's Crazy Socks. And John uh, and his dad have started this great business. And John happens to have Down syndrome. And it is the two of them working together to start this business. Oh, and I can't wait. I, John is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is an incredible just, piece of audio. The whole episode. Oh, we it, really we just good. laughed and talked for 45 minutes. And I, did, I didn't even edit it. I just let the whole thing run. It was just so oh, great. And, and I felt like I just learned a lot about what's possible. So it was cool. I love the new activists, love and money, relevant sports podcast. This show, Chandler show, which I heard in dream last night. Which you heard in dream last night. Chandler Strang show, surprisingly interesting. Like it was a really, I believe you used a really charming show. Chandler in your dream, in your dream. It was a yeah. So go to Eddie's dream and subscribe now. Yeah, because in real life, Chandler's actually a really charming, sweet guy. It's on the show that he is a terrible. Terrible person, but in real life, he's the best. Oh, that's hey, funny. I can say the same thing about you. you <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> son of a, wow. Shut down your computer. You I'm get out of this room. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this, this turned into country <laughs> jamboree somehow. <laughs> On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. Happy birthday, Thanks, Cameron. Man. I'm Chandler String. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs, and I'm glad you're born, Cameron. Oh, Woo. thank you very much. I'm glad you're born too, and I'm also glad we have a beautiful AFD adorning our studio now and our life. Yes, oh. in our life. <laughs> we'll see you next week. My life may not be roses, but still I'm gonna be alright. Long as I got my savior by my side. Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise 
at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. On my way to heaven I'm on my way to heaven So I can't be staying long Oh, really? Vegetables? You got a fave?